Welcome to the Second Students North podcast. My name is Luis. We're in our new series named Great, Greater, Greatest Goat, where each week we dive into God's word and see what it has to say about being the greatest. Our hope and prayer is that God uses this message to speak to you in a very real way. We hope you enjoy week one. Any of you guys watched the uh, national championship football game on Monday night? Anybody? How many of you did not know there was a national championship football game on Monday night? All right. Good. So the college football national championship was Monday night. Somebody tell me who played. LSU LSU and Clemson. Very good. Do we have any LSU fans in here? There's all, you're living in Texas, there's always some, right? Any Clemson fans, like legit Clemson fans? Not like I was going for Clemson because I like them because they won last year. Not that kind of thing, but like real Clemson fans? <laughs> yeah, everyone puts their hand back down. All right. Kendall, you got your hand back up. All right. So uh, we got to see them have uh, the national championship. LSU won the game. They dominated. Now, here's the thing. People are talking right now about LSU having the greatest college football season of all time. And that guy right, right there, his name is Joe Burrow, having the greatest season of any college football player ever. They are saying he may be right now the greatest of all time. Now, now, what's interesting, you look at the Sports Illustrated cover, I actually like this. It says the goat, but it's spelled like the, you know, the, uh, the only Louisiana State University people can spell it. Uh, the goat, right? G-E-A-U-X. How many of you guys have no idea why it's spelled like that? All right. Uh, I figured there'd be some of you guys. So that's, they say go tigers and it's spelled G-E-A-U-X. It's like supposed to be French. I don't know what it really means, but that's what it is. So they're saying he might be the go. We live in a world right now where everybody says, and everybody's talking about who is the goat or what is the goat? What's the greatest of all time? Now here, I got to say this right from the start. I think that you, that word is overused uh, because people can say it about just about anything. They're like, oh man, that ice cream, it is the goat. And you're like, it's ice cream. Like, really? You, you sure? Or are you saying like, you really liked it today? Like, that's all it really is, right? They say it about everything now, but I want to ask, because there's different, different arguments that people might have about who is the goat or what is the goat. We're going to see which, uh, which superhero movie you think is the greatest of all time. What superhero movie is the greatest of all time? Now, now, some of you might say Iron Man. Some of you might say Captain America. Some of you might say The Avengers. Some of you may be more like the Superman, Batman, DC Comics kind of people. Anybody in that category, you're like Superman, Batman, so much better. <coughs> better than Marvel. Do we have any X-Men people? You're like the X-Men people. Yeah, I figured there'd be a couple of you. How many of you are Marvel people? You're like, yeah, that's, that's, that's my jam right there. All right. Greatest movies of all time. I got to be honest, I thought Endgame was absolutely fantastic. I'm not sure I'd call it the greatest of all time, but it was fantastic. Uh, now, now here's another debate that's been going on over the last couple of years. Who is the greatest quarterback of all time? Now, hang on. I want to I ask you a question. Everybody look. Everybody look at that picture. Everybody look at that picture. There are six people on there. How many of you actually know the names of less than three of those people? You're like, I have no idea who most of those people are. All right, but if, you, if you're thinking of other people, they're probably not in the conversation yet, but anybody think that Tom Brady is actually the GOAT? He's actually the greatest of all time? 
Lots of boos. All right, somebody raise their hand. If you, if you booed that, you say, no way. Raise your hand. Who's, the, who's greater? Joe Montana. Joe Montana? You don't even know who he is. Huh? Deshaun Watson, he's the GOAT, right? Deshaun Watson already, zero Super Bowls. Hasn't even made it to the AFC Championship yet, but he's the GOAT, right? Um, yeah, I gotta be honest, I probably, I'd probably lean towards Tom Brady. Uh, I say lean, I, I'm like cannonballing in on that one. So uh, it's, I don't think it's very, even, even very close. Uh, all right, next one, this one's gonna have a lot of people really frustrated uh, because I typed it in, the greatest basketball player of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's kind of funny that Russell Westbrook's on there. James Harden is not. So, all right, who is the greatest of all time? How many of you guys say LeBron? LeBron. Both of you. All right. All right, both of you. I, 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 I'm here. All right. How many of you guys would say? Uh, how many of you guys would say uh, Russell Westbrook? David voted twice for the greatest of all time. There's a tier system that you got to work that work out, David. How many of you guys would say Kobe? Kobe. Any guy, anybody in here that would say Steph? Steph Curry? Couple of you guys, all right, like for one season maybe, right? Uh, how about Michael Jordan? All right, all right. All right, anybody think James Harden, greatest of all time? Might be the greatest scorer of all time. I'm not sure he's the best basketball player of all time. So we're going to be looking at some things. This series we're in tonight, uh, that we're kicking off tonight, is called Great, Greater, Greatest, and Goat. All right? Uh, so this is the series we're in. Over these next couple of weeks, we're going to be looking at some different things. Tonight, we're going to look uh, at something that's called great in the Bible. It's called the Great Commission. Uh, and some of you guys are like, I have no idea what that means. But we're going to look at it for just a second. But we're going to look at something that is great. Now, I want to point out that we're going to talk over the next couple of weeks about things that kind of tie to those words. But it doesn't mean like that like one is better than the other. These are all awesome and amazing. But tonight, we're going to look at the Great Commission. You're going to see the, uh, the verses come up on the screen, follow along with me, uh, starting in verse 16, Matthew chapter 28. It says, then the 11 disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. By the way, here's what happened. This is a story that happened about 2,000 years ago. Jesus has already been killed, uh, and he was buried, rose again, came back to life. All of his disciples were like, wait a second, we don't know what's going on. They were hiding. Then Jesus came back to life and they're like, wait a second, we saw you die. Now you're alive. And they're trying to put it all together, right? And so then Jesus spends 40 days and he's walking around talking to the people in the same city that he died 2,000 years ago, right? And so this is kind of what's happening. This is near the end of that time. <coughs> It says this, it says, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go, when they saw him, they worshiped him. And then it says this, it says, but some of them, what? Doubted. Doubted. All right, now, uh, for some of you in this room, uh, even if you call yourself a Christian, you might say, well, man, I just, I have some doubts. I want you to know something. All through the Bible, we see people that have different doubts about God. But what I want you to know is if you have any doubts, that's okay. God's not like, like, like being a follower of Jesus doesn't mean you're not allowed to have doubts. If you've never had a doubt about your faith, I would actually stand on the side that you probably haven't even actually thought like very deeply about it, right? Not because, not because like, Doubts, like if you, if you run into doubt, that it, I realize it can be a, a, a really difficult thing to process. But because I've had these moments where I'm like, hang on, I've got to make sure that this is what I believe, that this is what I understand. And there are some things that I don't fully understand. 
And it causes these moments where I'm like, man, I just, I, I've, got, I've got some doubts. And so what I do is when I have doubts, I go and look and I go to explore and I'm like, hey, I wanna know more about this. And so when I have doubts, I actually take them to God. And I say, God, I've got, I've got these doubts. I want, I want you to help me. And we even see people, there's, there's one guy in the Bible that he was like, hey, Jesus, can you, can you heal my son? And Jesus says, do you believe? And he says, I believe, but help my unbelief. And I want you guys to know something. If you have, if you say, you know what, I've had doubts in my life. Here's what Jesus does. When this man says, you know what, Jesus, I believe you can heal, but help my unbelief. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, Jesus, I believe that you can do this. Like, I believe you are the son of God. I believe you have the power to heal, but there's a part of me that kind of doubts. Like, there's a part of me, like, I believe, but there's a part of me that doesn't. Like there's a part of me that has this little doubt, but I believe. Yes, I do believe, but there's, I'll, I'll be honest with you. There's, there's a part of me that kind of struggles. And Jesus is like, okay. And he heals. That's what he does. Here's what I want you to know. If you've ever had doubts, just take them to God. And I want you to know that he understands. Like he, he, would, he would look at you and he's not gonna go, oh man, you doubt, get out, of my, get out of my face. That's not how God responds. We see it in the life of Jesus. That's not how he responded to this man who says, I believe, but help my unbelief. I believe, yes, I believe. Jesus, I believe that you can do this. That's why I'm coming to you because I believe you can do this. But there's a part of me that kind of wonders if you will, right? So I want you to know if you've ever had doubts, it's okay. It's okay to have doubts. If you've ever had doubts, you're in good company. If you've ever had doubts, you're a lot like me, right? Because I've had doubts, but here's what I do. I take those to Jesus. I go explore those doubts instead of just saying, well, I have doubts, therefore I'm out. So the doubts don't send me out. The doubts send me closer to God. And here's what I, here's what I do. I take them to him. And he begins to answer those. And honestly, there's not every question that you'll ever have answered. No matter what you believe, no matter what system you might follow, there are people who don't believe in God, whatever, they can never say they have no doubts right? Because not every question will always be answered. But what, what I want you to know, and the reason I didn't leave this part out, because we're not even into the like, actual Great Commission yet. The reason I didn't leave that part out is because as I was reading it, I was like, you know what? I can leave that out. But I want them to understand that if you have any doubts, if you've ever had doubts, that's okay. That doesn't mean you can't put your faith in Jesus. You can't trust in him because he responds with grace when we come with our doubts to him, as long as we trust and say, yes, I do believe. There's a part of me that doesn't understand, doesn't get it all, but Jesus, you know more. And so I'm gonna believe you, right? So here's what happens. So then here's where the great commission comes in. So Jesus came and told his disciples, Jesus says to his disciples, he says, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. How much authority? How much authority? all authority in heaven and on earth. He says, therefore, because I've been given all authority, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now there's this process that he goes through, right? He says, go, that's the first thing he says, go. He's telling his disciples, go. And then he says, and make disciples and baptize them and teach them to help them obey and remember that I'm with you always, right? Like those are, that's the process that he goes through. And here's what, I want you to, here's what I want you to know. If you're a follower of Jesus, he says, go. But what he's saying is as you're going, like as you go about your day, like as you go into school, Make disciples. As you go into school, tell people about me. This is kind of the picture of what he's saying, but here's what I want to do. Cause we've talked a lot about that recently uh, here in our church about going and what it looks like to, as we go. But what does it mean to actually be a disciple? What's that word actually mean? When he says make disciples, what is he actually talking about? It's the picture of an apprentice, an apprentice. 
Now, some of you guys might have studied different apprentices and things like that uh, in your history classes or in, you know, different, different types of classes like that, maybe a social studies class or something like that. But there's an apprentice is somebody who sits under someone else with the goal of learning, right? So if I said, I want to become a welder, I might go and find a welder and I say, hey, will you teach me how to be a master at welding? Because you have knowledge that I don't have. And because of that, I want to learn from you. And so I'm going to position myself as a learner and I want to grow. I'm going to be your apprentice. It's this kind of picture that we're going to be available that we're gonna to come to you, we're gonna have give you our time, and that we're gonna be humble and we're gonna listen because we believe that you actually know more than we do. And so being a disciple of Jesus because he created you and created me, there's a God who created you and created me. And the Bible says that Jesus was a part of that, being fully God and fully man was a part of creating you and me. So when we position ourselves as his, as his disciple, we're saying, Jesus, we are available to you and we understand that you know more about me because you made me and you have a plan and a purpose for me. You know more about me than I do. So I wanna learn from you about who you've created me to be. And this is the picture of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. And here's what also it means. It means you're committed to learning from and then following your master. Right, if you're an apprentice, you'd be an apprentice and master kind of relationship. Now this isn't like a slavery kind of picture, although you see that in different ways, but it's this different kind of picture that I've got somebody who is the master welder who is the master of life he, because he's the one who created. And so I want to learn why he created. If he's the master welder, I want to learn from him and grow so I can become more and more like him. And he's going to teach me things and he's going to say, hey, this is how you do this. And I'm not going to go, you know what, I'm going to do it my own way. No, I'm going to be like, you know, this is how you do it. Great. I want to try to do it. And if he goes, no, that's, you didn't quite do it right. Why don't you take it a little bit? And I say, okay, I'm going to listen. I'm going to try to understand. I'm going to try to do it the right way because not only is he good at what he does, he's the master at what he does, right? So if you're going to learn karate, you're going to learn from, you're not going to learn from somebody that's like a pink belt, right? I don't know how many, I don't know what the colors of belts are, right? But you're going to learn from the black belt because you want to learn from the master, right? This is, it's this same type of picture. So that's what it means to be a disciple. So the first thing he says, he says, as you're going, make what? Disciples and disciples are followers of Jesus. If you're a Christian, that means you have given your life to Jesus. Here's what that means. Everybody look at me right here. Here's what that means. If you're a Christian, that means you were going your own way, doing your own thing, and you understood that your sin separated you from God, because that's what the Bible says. That when we choose to go our own way and do our own thing, God has laid out a plan, and we're like, you know what, I'm thinking I'm going to do my own thing. We're going to choose our own way, right? And so we separate ourselves from God. God doesn't leave us, we leave Him, right? It's not like God's like, oh, I hate you, get out of here. No, that's not how it goes. It's us saying, you know what, I think I'm going to go my own way. And all of us have done that. All of us have sinned, fallen short of the glory of God. Each has gone his own way. We've all done that. Okay? And here's what happens. When we understand what God has done, the punishment for that is death. And God sent his son Jesus to die a real death on a real cross, a death that you and I deserved so that we could be reconnected with God. So that debt that you and I owed was paid. And we're going to talk about that in a couple weeks. 
So what we do is we say, God, I understand what you've done for me and now I wanna turn my life over to you. The word repentance actually just means to turn around. Some people say it's like turning a 360. That's not turning a 360. It's turning around, which is 180 degrees, right? Now, God, I'm gonna walk with you. If you do that, that means you are a follower of Jesus. You receive what he's done and you begin to walk with him. And if you're a follower of Jesus, he says, go. And then he says, make disciples. Now we understand what a disciple is, a follower of Jesus who walks in his ways, not in our own ways. We don't say, Jesus, I'm gonna follow you. And he says, okay, here's what it looks like. And you're like, no, I'm out, I'm not gonna do that. No, if you're a follower of Jesus, you walk in his ways, right? And then it says this, after you go, and when you make disciples, what's the next thing he says to do? Baptize them. them. Now here's what I want you to know. Because there, there's a lot of people who have a misunderstanding about this. And so this first week of the, of the new year for live, I want a lot of you to understand why we do what we do here at Second. Okay, so here at Second, what happens is when people give their lives to Jesus, we always talk to them about baptism, that next step that they're gonna wanna take. Here's why this is such an important step. Because Jesus said, make disciples and baptize them. So here's what we do. Once people have chosen to be a follower of Jesus, we try to encourage them to take that step of baptism, baptism right? And the, the reason is because Jesus told us to do that. Jesus told us to do this. Now I wanna talk about why we baptize, how we baptize, all that kind of stuff. So like I said, that's why we baptize because Jesus has told us to. How we baptize, we, we do it the way the Bible talks about, that it actually means to dip underwater, to go underwater, so that's why we do it the way we do it. Some people ask, why do you do that instead of different forms and stuff? The Bible's, the word baptizo actually means to dip underwater, and so we dip people underwater, okay? So that's, that's, how, that's why we do it and how we do it, okay? But here's another thing. The picture of baptism is really important. Now, I, we talked about the GOAT basketball player a second ago. Now, there was a basketball player um, who just came to our team from another team. Uh, the first team, the Thunder, this guy right here, Russell Westbrook, right? He was on one team, the Thunder, the bad guys. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> David loves the Thunder, and he loved Russell Westbrook until he was switched over, right? So Russell Westbrook was on the Thunder, and then he got traded in the offseason, and now he plays for the good guys. That's right. He plays for the Rockets. Russell Westbrook now plays for the Rockets. Have you noticed, anybody watched any Rockets game, like a second of a Rockets game this season? Have you noticed that Russell Westbrook does not wear the Thunder jersey anymore? What? Boom, mind blown, right? Some of you guys are like, That's, you're an idiot, right? The reason he doesn't wear that jersey is because he's on a different team. <laughs> right? Like it's all going, like we're getting there, all right? So hang with me. Here's what I want you to understand. Everybody look at me, this is important to understand. When you choose to walk with Jesus, here's what baptism is a picture. Baptism is a picture of changing teams. It's almost like changing flags, like if you're changing uh, uh, to a new country, it's that same kind of picture. You know that when people go in, and, uh, and we almost had this happen at our, one of our embassies recently, but when people go in, if they go in and they, they overtake, especially back in old days when they like overtake a castle or a city, they would take down the flag of that other country and they would raise their flag. They would put up a new flag and say, this now belongs to this, right? 
And that's one of the things that they would do to say the control of this space now belongs to a new country. It's under new leadership, other, under new ownership. I have a tendency to think, I'm a sports guy, I played sports. Uh, I love sports and so I have a tendency to think of, it's kind of like Russell Westbrook, that he used to play for one team, but now he's playing for a different team. When you and I were walking our own way, doing our own thing, we were going one direction, but when we turn our lives over to Jesus, we now are a part of a new team. We've been given new life and now we are a part of God's kingdom. And so what we say through baptism is it is a picture of letting everybody know, look at me right here. It is a picture of letting everybody know that old life I was living is gone. That's what it actually means. That old life is gone and I have a new kingdom that I'm a part of, a new family that I'm a part of. I'm on a new team. And so when we do it, we even say you're buried with Christ unto death and raised to walk in a new life, which means that old life is gone and dead. And Jesus has given you new life to walk and live in his power, in his strength, and as a part of his kingdom as one of his children. It's an amazing picture. It's an amazing picture of that old team that I was a part of before, that old team going the wrong way on a path toward hell because I was making the wrong decisions, living my own way. Now I've given my life to Jesus and now I'm gonna walk with him. I am on a new team. And baptism is that picture. Jesus said, make disciples and baptize them. So some of the things that some of you might not know, when we baptize, uh, we kind of celebrate here at Second. We like to celebrate when we have baptism. Uh, we're gonna get even better at it uh, starting tonight. We're actually gonna get better at it. But here's what happens sometimes. Like when people make a decision like this or they get baptized, it might look a little bit like this first video. This is kind of some people's response. Golf clap. Golf clap. Yeah, you got baptized. Yay, right? We do that a little bit. I left that last part just because I thought it was kind of funny. But, but really, we have another video that shows like what happens when a team makes a buzzer beater. Now, this video is kind of interesting because there's actually like three buzzer beaters made, which is bizarre. But, uh, but watch this video and watch their reaction here on this video. the kind of celebration that should be happening, right? When people change teams, when people let us know that they've gone from death to life, that God has changed their life, it shouldn't be the, yeah, congratulations. No, we should be going crazy. We should be going nuts. We should be stoked and excited. We should be yelling, cheering, happy and excited. We're going to talk a little about that here in just a couple minutes, but here's the picture. This is why it's such a big deal because they've chosen to follow Jesus and they're taking the next step of being baptized. That is a really big deal. And so we make a big deal about it. We celebrate that stuff. Students gather around and we cheer and we yell and they get to say, I've given my life to Jesus and we yell and we cheer and we get happy and we get excited and we gather up when it's all done and we pray for them because we are excited for them. 
Like it's a really big deal. That's why we do what we do here to see people move from death to life. And then once that's happened, we teach them what God's word says and try to help them learn to obey. And then we try to remind them that God is with them everywhere they go, right? This is the picture of what we do here at Second. I wanted everybody here to understand that. And when we baptize, and like I said, we're gonna to continue to get better at it throughout the year. But when we baptize, we're gonna be excited. We used to have practice every now and then. We'd practice and I'd say, hey, what, let's, let's practice what this looks like. And so we're gonna actually practice that uh, here in just a second. After I pray, we're gonna have a chance for some of you to actually give your lives to Jesus. Some of you guys might decide, you know what, tonight, tonight, I need to take that step of baptism. I've never taken that step. We're gonna do that. And then afterwards, I'm gonna pray. The band's gonna be up here and all that kind of stuff. And we're actually gonna practice how we celebrate and we're gonna learn how we celebrate here at second, all right? So we're gonna do that, but here's what's gonna happen. Before we do that, I wanna remind everybody here that, that following Jesus does cost something. You know, if you're an apprentice, it costs something. It costs that you're gonna to have to take some time away from some other things because you wanna learn from the master, right? If you wanna be good at karate, you wanna get a black belt in karate, you're gonna take some time and you're gonna pull away and you're gonna to have to put some discipline into your life that's gonna be required. It's gonna cost something. I want you to know something. Everybody needs to look at me. Following Jesus costs something. It's not easy. It's amazing. I've said this before, but I'm a parent. I got three kids and, and, uh, and I talk a lot about my kids. I love being a parent. I love my kids to death, but it's not easy being a parent. And a lot of times, if you didn't know any better, you might even think it's kind of easy to be a parent because I talk about how, how great my kids are or funny. They say funny things. They do cool things. They're a part of fun things, all that kind of stuff. You might think that it's really easy to be a parent. It's not easy to be a parent. But here's, here's why when you talk to me, you know how much I love my kids and, and, and how great I think they are and stuff like that because I love my kids. Because all the difficulty of being a parent is overwhelmed by the fact that I love my kids. And so the reality is a lot of times when we stand up here, we talk about guys following Jesus is the most amazing thing in the world. But I want you to know something. It's not because it's easy. It's because it's the greatest thing you could ever do. The greatest thing you could ever do with your life is to begin to find peace, hope, joy, fulfillment that's only gonna come through having a relationship with the God you were created to be in relationship with. And apart from that, you will never experience it. And so that's why a lot of times we talk about it. We say, guys, it's amazing. You don't understand. And it's not because it's easy, but because it's entirely worth it. 